Welcome back to the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. It's episode eight, and we're coming off what I'd call a confusing week. Now, once again, I'm Justin Rogers. You can find me at RunDFF on Twitter, and I'm here with Jeff Roby. Uh, it seems like nothing went the way we expected this weekend, from Arizona's cloudiness with DJ to Devontae Freeman trying to fight Aaron Donald. I mean, I've seen dumber decisions, but I can't remember when. Um, but certainly things didn't go right for my rosters with Russell Wilson, Evan Ingram, Melvin Gordon, Matt Ryan, and Matt Breida submarining my teams. Now my only hopes ride on Sony and Jacoby tonight. So here we go, fingers crossed. Uh, but Jeff, you know, we talked before the show. It's another great week for you, huh? Yeah, it's an outstanding week for me. Again, uh, another four uh, four no week, uh, four leagues, and I've only lost seven games. So I'm feeling on uh, cloud nine right now. I mean, I can understand being in your position. You know, it'd be like if, if I was you, I'd understand being like the Dolphins guy who's getting suspended because he fought a 13-year-old or a fan or yelled at him or something like that. That's how you must feel right now because, I mean, I can't understand even how you're sitting here saying, geez, how many games you lose this weekend? Like, it's got to be a rough weekend for you, bro. It's got to be a rough weekend. Look, if I don't get like 45 in a full PPR from Sony and Jacoby, I'm going to go 0-5 in the leagues that I'm actually trying to win in. I got a couple dynasty leagues that I'm tanking in to get good picks. And uh, fortunately, Chase Edmonds didn't screw me over completely there where I started him. Uh, Listen, folks, Justin's not saying that. So that you stop listening to us, okay? He, he's not. He just had an off week this week. He, he wants you to keep listening. He's got some good stuff here. I, I'm reinforcing. I'm actually listening to him, and I'm doing good on my team, right? So you, if you listen to me, I just don't think he listens to himself all the time. It may be that. Well, that may be truly the case because in, a, in that 16-team league I'm in that I've talked about many times, I have David Johnson and I have Chase Edmonds. Guess who was starting and guess who was on the damn bench? Yeah. So I got a buddy that's texting that messaging me on Facebook, and he's like, "Man, you're right about Chase Edmonds." Well, that's great. Why didn't I listen to myself? Because while that guy's scoring 40 something points with his Chase Edmonds winning his league, I'm over here with the lowest score in this on the season with Matt Ryan out there choking and Matt Breida getting his eye poked out and David Johnson going out there. And what are the what? Are the, okay, explain to me this. What is Arizona doing? Uh, he was only for emergency purposes, but then. They go out there and they give him the start in the first snap. If he's only for emergency purposes, why was he out there getting the first snap and the first carry? It didn't make any sense. What Did he just need the start star on the pro football reference thing? Like, oh, he started this game. I mean, I just don't understand what the heck they were doing. Next thing you know, Chase Evans is in there, and the only time he leaves again is when he's puking in a garbage can for a couple plays. Other than that, it was the Chase Evans show all day. So, look, and, and I'm just going to roll right into it because – uh, you know, we're done with the warm up here. Let's get right into the varsity players. And Chase Evans is clearly my varsity player. I, I pimped him. I've been pimping him for weeks on end, but you guys need to pick him up. If he's on your waiver wire right now, it's too late because he is going to be grabbed. Um, but that was an opportunity. And, you know, it was kind of the, the writing was on the wall when, uh, when the coach came out and said that if the game was on Friday, DJ wouldn't have been able to play. And I should have listened to that. I thought maybe it was a little bit of coach speak. You know, last week, uh, DJ was was a game-time decision. He goes out there and he balls out with 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. So, uh, my mistake. But uh, for all of you that listened and grabbed Chase Edmonds, congrats on your RB1 because uh, he was a monster this week. Um, Jeff, you got a monster on here and another guy that really no one expected but – uh, really showed out. Who's your Who's your varsity player, man? So my varsity player this week was 
was sitting with 10 receptions, 93 yards, but four touchdowns. Yes, we're talking about Marvin Jones here. Okay, 43 fantasy points. Fantastic, you know. So, hey, he's owned out there. Uh, you know, he's he's you know 80 80 plus percent in the leagues out there. But man, this guy had a heck of a day. So to me, you look at him and it's like, wow, fantastic day. You know, from the Lions. I mean, stand out. You know, and then you look at next week and you're like, wow, look who he's got. He's got the Giants. So are we primed for another outstanding back-to-back, the first back-to-back varsity player? Yeah, I think I think we may. We very much may. I will also say this. Only because I've been saying it all year. I had a second guy. I'm sneaking him in here, my varsity player. Darren Waller, folks. Darren Waller, yes. I've been saying it all year long. Finally got the touchdown and a second touchdown. And now you're looking at eight for 126, two touchdowns. He's got the Texans next. What a fantastic! I mean, dude, if you just listened to me in the beginning, you would you would just put him in and plug him for the rest of the season. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, you know, actually, Waller should have had two more touchdowns. He had one called back on a bad uh, penalty, and another that. Uh, it, anyways, it could have been a month. I mean, it was already a big game with 100 plus yards and two touchdowns. But hey, here's a crazy one for you, and it's it's a real short list. But uh, Marvin Jones, that's his second four-touchdown game of his career. It's only been done three times. The other two guys, Hall of Famers, Jerry Rice and Sterling Sharp. So, I mean, you can't can't complain about that. uh, Okay, folks, Justin put the same – Marvin Jones in the same sentence as as Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. No, Sterling Sharp. Not saying Sterling Sharp. I'm not saying saying Hall of Fame. I'm saying – Sure, sure. Yeah, he's the first ballot, right? He, to me – you get four touchdowns, you get on Roby's varsity list. Okay, you get four touchdowns, you get on varsity. That's how. That's it. That's the connection I'm making right now. Yeah, I'm right. not making a leap. You're making a it's leap. Just a, it's a crazy. No, no, no. Clearly, no one's saying that he's either of those guys. But I mean, what a what an incredible like high game performance. Where twice now he's got four touchdowns. So, uh, but look, I talked about David Johnson and uh, and the situation there. So my JV is actually the Cardinals. The Cardinals for not being clear about what they wanted out of their running backs and what their plan was because they come out of that game and they're like, oh, that was our plan the whole time. We're just going to play uh, Chase Edmonds and DJ is just for emergency purposes. You got two running backs on the roster. What, what did you think was going to happen? Like, if Chase Edmonds goes down, which there's a good chance of that because he's a running back in the NFL, now you're going to put DJ's career in jeopardy? Come on, man. Just don't be stupid. Make him inactive. Pull somebody off the practice squad and get out there. So now they've got Jay Ajayi coming in for a little tryout. And they're even talking about bringing Spencer Ware in, assuming that they don't sign Jay Ajayi right there. So they must be pretty concerned about David Johnson. That's going to be something that we're going to need to uh, monitor as we go forward. And we'll talk about that in the next section. But, uh, yeah, my JV, thanks, Cliff Kingsbury. Thanks, Cardinals, for uh, screwing over a lot of us by not letting us know that DJ was not going to be playing. So yeah, I mean you could you could hate on them, but they're th- they're like what three three and zero in the last three weeks. I mean, they're, yeah, they're three and zero. He's looking like Cliff Kingsbury is actually making it look like he's doing a decent transition. They're doing they're able to compete in they they may be able to compete. And I think this this coming weekend against New Orleans will really kind of be the tale. So, and I got a little bit to say about Chase Edmonds here in, in, in a little bit and about the Cardinals. But let me tell you, my, my JV guy of, of the week, I'm sticking with the Lions, Kenny Galladay, okay? When you go 1-1 one, one for 21, 
with Matt, Matt Stafford slinging it for 364 yards and those four touchdowns on You know, I'm just saying, that, I mean, how you get one reception? You are the number right. one receiver on a team. I'm so glad I traded him for Austin Eckler, everybody, in, in early in the season. But And I know that he's been ups and downs, but, man, what? Come on. I mean, hey, look, Kenny Galladay's out there just screaming, can a brother get some love? I mean, just nothing for him. That was worse than the Vikings. Only on the Vikings can you scream, (laughs) I want some love and you get the ball. Yeah, if you're a a Kirk Cousins receiver and you go out there and yell about not getting the ball, guess what? You're about to have an all-pro year because he's going to go and feed you. So that's fair enough. Stafford, he don't care. Stafford's going to throw it wherever he wants to. Shoot, shoot, son. I mean, he don't, he's no business. He don't care. He's like, man, I'm from Georgia. I'm just going to throw this ball all over the place. If it goes to Marvin Jones, it goes to Marvin Jones. If it goes to Kenny Galladay, it goes to Kenny Galladay. But to Marvin Jones today. So there it is. Um, well, look, guys, we, we've had enough of the ridiculousness here that we've been doing. Um, let's scoot on because there are some injuries. And, again, more quarterbacks. So let's get to the rundown. Ah, man. You know, it does seem like, again – Three weeks ago, we're talking about uh, how far back that Thursday night game was. But Patrick Mahomes goes down, dislocated knee. If you saw the video, a lot of us watched it over and over on – I mean, I was working at the bar, so we had it pulled up on Twitter on my phone watching it pop back into place a couple times. Uh, That wasn't pretty. Uh, But it comes back – MRI comes back, and it's like best-case scenario for the Chiefs. So they're looking at, you know, three games probably – I don't know. They could try and pull him back early and maybe get him in for that third game. But uh, he's already basically been ruled out for this next this coming week. Uh, uh, Andy Reid came out and said it would just be crazy to think that he'd be ready for this week. And I think the same goes for the next. I'd expect him to miss three games plus. But you never know. These athletes, they, they're young and invincible. So he might just jump right in there. And then uh, Matt Ryan, he goes down, and that one, this you can't even blame his bad game on his ankle because that happened late in the fourth quarter. So uh, Matt Schaub takes over. If that's a situation where if Matt Schaub is the new quarterback, downgrade everybody because we've seen what he is, and he's bad, uh, high volume, terribly inefficient guy. Um, that that's going to be one, and we're, we've got some uh, streaming advice later about that uh, Falcons uh, team, but. Uh, that's a whole nother world without Matt Ryan, where instead of the offense being pretty good and the defense being terrible, it's going to be the offense is terrible, the defense is terrible, and the team continues to remain terrible. Um, but another big one, and we'll get off the QBs because you know we're just tired of talking about QB injuries, uh, but Adam Thielen, he goes down with that hamstring, and that's something to worry about. Uh, you know, He's been really consistent all year long outside of that game where he had to yell at Kirk Cousins afterward, and next thing you know, he's coming out there and getting a couple touchdowns or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, that's going to be a big loss for that team. It's going to be a big loss for your teams out there. Jeff, I know you're feeling a little bit with Adam Thielen. Man, let me hear it. Yeah, so I think with the biggest thing with Thielen is that, you know, he caught that, that touchdown pass, and then obviously he comes up with the hamstring. Um, and then so, it, you know, I don't think about it. When I saw today, it's like, hey, he's getting an MRI. And I was like, hamstring, MRI. You know, it's like that sounds that sounds real serious. And, and looking at their schedule, they play Thursday night against the Redskins. So, you know, as a, as a Thielen owner, you're definitely got to be holding your breath right now. So at the time, you're probably listening to this podcast on Tuesday. 
you know, you've probably got the answer the results from the, the MRI and you should be maybe a little worried um, or he, he's good. But, um, you know, you need to have a viable replacement. And I think we're going to give you some names out there, but you need to be already thinking about that waiver wire, seeing where you're at and seeing seeing how that's going to play out. Yeah, look, I can almost guarantee he's not going to play this week. Short week, hamstring injury, uh, didn't look good. Just pencil him. Put a, go ahead and put him on your bench and pencil him as out because he's not going to play. Um, another guy that we really don't know what's going to happen, but it's kind of uh, necessary to talk about is DJ. You know, David Johnson, everyone, of course, thought he was going to play. He comes out there. He, he gets the first touch. We're feeling like, okay, at least he's going to get his touches. And then he disappears. Um, you know, if you've got Chase Evans and look, I'll, I preached it and I, I practice what I preach with owning him. I'm in six leagues. One of them is a dynasty league. I couldn't get him in. I have him five of those six leagues. Every one of my redraft leagues, I have him. And then in two, two of the dynasty leagues that I'm in. So it's, it, I wasn't lying when I said you need to go get him because he is a clear handcuff and a, and a real stud if he gets the opportunity uh, just because that offense is uh, it's really improving. Uh, and then the other one is Barkley. Now, I know that he went out there. He had a decent game, scores a touchdown, gets, uh, you know, not a whole lot of usage, but but better than, than nothing, obviously. And gets 80-something yards, I think it was. The problem was, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but he left the field, threw his helmet, left the field. They retaped his ankle, and he goes back out there. That's when he goes back out there and scores a touchdown. But that's something to be concerned with because if he's out there getting his ankle retaped in the middle of the game, that means that it's not well. It's not good to go. And so he's probably on some juice, got got the drugs going. Uh, he's got that cortisone shot, and that's making him feel good. But, you know, even at 22, no one's invincible. And so I'd be concerned that if he continues to do this, there's a chance of, of re-injury. So just keep that in mind because there is there is the possibility that, you know, a week or two down the road – He's still not healed, and he's running out there, and he makes a cut, and all of a sudden his ankle rolls over, and he might be, you know, done for quite a long time after that because re-injuring a, a sprained ankle is a terrible situation. And then uh, one of Jeff's boys, uh, Will Fuller, goes down with a hamstring. You know, another another injury for that guy. He just can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, but I think that really does open up the, the door for a, a few receivers. You know, DeAndre Hopkins finally has a complete game, goes for 106 and a touchdown, uh, looks really good. Uh, I think it's going to open up some things for Kiki QT and also for Kenny Stills, the other deep threat on the team. So I think with Deshaun Watson slinging the ball over the place, we're looking at a situation where if Fuller is to miss some time, and I think he's going to miss at least a little bit, a few games, uh, you're looking at a possibility of grabbing players off the waiver wire that can help you in the long run. And then another uh, last one is on Johnson. I know that that concerns a lot of people, and that's why I wanted to stop on this one and finish with it. Uh, because carry on has been a staple for a lot of a lot of guys out there in their starting lineup uh, he's been a workhorse and now he goes down with a knee injury and news today is that he's going to miss at least a couple weeks he's going to miss some time is what they say which you know in coach speak just means that we're going to be without him for a while um, you know sorry for you guys out there it's kind of a known thing he's been banged up he's a smaller guy so you know giving him a full load is tough in the nfl uh, but if look, my theory is if you can get 12, 14 games out of any running back out there, you should be happy because they're all going to miss time. So if we can get Carry On Johnson back and he, you know, puts out 10 or 12 games for you, you know, and you you know what you're getting when he goes on the field, that's not too bad. 
but there are some big takeaways from this weekend. And uh, I'm going to start with the first one, and it's because we've dogged Mariota for so long, and then Tannehill comes in there and looks like a an actual NFL quarterback, which is something Tennessee hadn't seen in quite a long time. Uh, but he's got to be much better for those receivers. Uh, I dogged uh, Corey Davis as well, but that maybe that was just because of Mariota. Um, he and A.J. Brown and Humphreys look like revived players out there with a guy who's slinging it for 300-plus yards and not afraid to push the ball down the field. Uh, Jeff, are you excited, as excited for these receivers as I am? Because I do have some opti- optimism now. I think Corey Davis is going to be the guy who really explodes off of this one because of that. And, you know, he's available in like 44% of the leagues. And this coming weekend, he's got a great matchup against the, the Bucks. So, to me, I, th- I think you're, you're spot on. I think Tennessee – Going forward, Tannehill's the guy. I think Mariota's days are done, uh, at least as a primary quarterback. Um, and, and yeah, hey, did you 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 may not have caught this, but I was watching the game, and uh, right next to the uh, QB coach, they had the uh, county corner out there, and he was ready to bag and tag Mariota because he was done. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't know if you saw it or not, but no, I didn't catch that. But yes, I agree with you. Mariota is 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 done, and. Hey, I think this really opens up because Tannehill was – I think he had a lot of opportunities and – or he did have a lot of opportunity in in Miami because a lot of the reason why is he was hurt from you – know, consistently hurt. And uh, he did play well when he was down there from time to time. And so he has the potential. Um, and I think, you know, for me, I think this is an opportunity here where he can start slinging it around and getting the thing. But, I, it's, I mean, it's not like I'm going out there and, and getting Ryan Tannehill. But I think if, if you're owning Corey Davis or, or A.J. Brown or something like that, you could feel a little more comfortable about playing those guys, knowing that Ryan handled Tannehill's in the backfield rather than Marcus Mariota. So that's that's good overall. Yeah, I'm not definitely not interested in Tannehill, anything more than a two-quarterback league where he could have value. But in a regular fantasy football league, I don't care about him one bit. But the offense as a whole, I mean, Derrick Henry ran a little bit better. You know, a lot of volume, not a whole lot of uh, efficiency, but the offense moved well. You know, they piled up 400 yards, so that was really nice. Uh, I mean, look, Corey Davis looked like an actual NFL receiver out there, which is something that Marcus Mariota couldn't do for him. Uh, A.J. Brown goes out there, and, you know, it's early, obviously, in his career, but he sets his career high in uh, catches with six. Adam Humphreys actually has a role in the offense, so, you know, between them— they got 14 catches just off of the three receivers there. And then Johnny Smith goes out and has 64 yards. So he actually, you know, Delaney Walker was uh, not feeling it, uh, went to, went back to the locker room early, uh, which opened up the door for Johnny Smith. And, you know, look, if you've got a quarterback who's going to go out there and is comfortable standing in the pocket and throwing the ball and not panicking like Marcus Mariota tends to do, then, uh, you know, it can only do good things for the uh, offense as a whole. Speaking of standing in the pocket and uh, delivering the ball, you know, Dak Prescott and Dallas, they they asserted themselves against Philly. You know, that Philly defense, we all knew they were weak against the pass, but uh, strong against the run. But that didn't uh, stop the, the Cowboys from doing exactly what they wanted to at any point in the game. They ran the ball well with Zeke. They threw the ball well. Uh, Dak was delivering the ball on time. It didn't go to uh, Gallup, unfortunately, which I needed. But uh, Cooper had a nice little game. I mean, look, and then uh, Dak puts on the puts on the ground and runs a little bit too. So there's something to that Dallas team. Uh, you know, last week they were in the fade into the rear section. 
they're they're out of that now. They they kind of bounced back against what we think is a good team in Philly. Um, but now look, I think I, I heard the stat, and it's uh, four and three teams are uh, 48% of the four and three teams getting the uh, playoffs, but only 18% of three and four teams getting the playoffs. So you got <laughs> Philly's in trouble now. You know, losing that game. That's that's a troublesome one, and I know Jeff last week was saying that was a pivotal game, and I underestimated those stats. I didn't have, I didn't realize that, but that that could end up dooming Philly. Were yeah, you I, I absolutely agree with you, and I think there's there's something to say there, and maybe, you know, I, I don't have those 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 uh, those stats on on written down on my cuff, you know, so I I get it where you know you got to go back and do that research, but it, maybe it's that football instinct I got in me, right? And I'm sitting there saying last week, I was like, you know what, this is a pivotal game. I feel it. And I was talking about how Cooper is going to rise up, and he rose up, and, and he was like, I don't know his injury, you know, I was like, no, 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 he's going to play. This is how it's going to be. And maybe, like I said, maybe it's just that football instinct. But I'm telling you, that was the game that it had to be. They had to go out there and play. Maybe it helped out a little bit when you got the opposing team coaches all but saying he's going to go down to Dallas and win the game on, like, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and, and then – so that's not going to that, – that, ha- that will have no effect on the other team. Yeah, right. Come on. They came up there, and they went out there, and just, they dominated from end to end. So, you know – Hey, there you go. You, you're sitting there on the back end. If you're the Eagles fan right now, you're like, man, this is this is not good. Um, and and if you're saying Dallas, it's like, hey, after the Jets, we had to get it turned around. This was our time to turn around. I think they're they are the team to beat, obviously, in the in the NFC East. And so um, I think that it's just the NFC is just too much of a too it's it's too heavy right now uh, to think that they're going to get very far in the playoffs. So. Yeah, well, look, you said that uh, Washington was in the running last week, too, so there's that. I don't want to hear much. Uh, but, yeah, they dominated in all three facets of the, facets of the game. Uh, Wentz looked out, looked like he was just taking a turd out there on the uh, field. You know, uh, so the defense really just locked them up. Uh, the special teams, I mean, Mayor Maher, whatever his name is, goes out there and kicks a, thir- a 63-yard field goal at the end of the half. I actually went for a run in the middle of this because I kind of fell asleep. So I figured I'd wake up and I need to go for a run. So I put it on my I put it on my uh, headphones and was listening to it. And they're talking about oh, there's 22 seconds left and they got a t- they got one timeout, plenty of time. And this is the Philly broadcast that I was listening to. Next thing I know, they're like he's lining up for a 63 yarder, and I'm thinking, what? This isn't Denver. They don't kick 63 yarders in where they they only do that in Denver. So. Uh, but he drills it apparently. Good from 66 is what the uh, next gen stats was going to say there. Um, and I will yeah. say this, just to, just to just to cover down on my statement there, Washington was only nine points away from really turning their season around. I mean, so I just would say it, nine <laughs> points. Okay, so I wasn't that far off. So right, right, right. Only nine points from being mediocre. Sure. All right, so let's stay in division. And beating, no. and beating an undefeated team and beating an undefeated team. So had they beat it, we would be having a completely different conversation. You'd be like, hey, you know, Ruby, maybe you should leave this thing because you got all the answers. If they'd have scored Jeff. ten points, Jeff, it'd have been was that, money Jeff, was, Jeff, was that like a uh, twenty-seven to nineteen game or twenty-seven to eighteen game, or was that nine to zero? Hey, it's a I, I, I oh semantics. My nine bad. is a nine point. If they scored ten points, they'd have won the game. <laughs> 
totally well, never got scored, the Bosa right now. If they'd have scored any points, they wouldn't have embarrassed themselves. But hey, did you see the uh, field though? Nick Bosa's out there after getting a sack. He looks like he's a, a six-year-old on a slip and slide out there. I mean, water spraying up everywhere. I was watching the highlights of that, and Janie, my wife Janie was like, "That's gross." I'm thinking you're already soaking wet and nasty and muddy. Might as well have some fun out there. That's how football is uh, supposed to be played, and that's how and you're supposed to run the football. And if you can't do that, well, then you can't win ball games. And obviously, when it rains like that, and I, obviously I'm up in the D.C. area, so it ra- it was raining hard. So I mean that was, and that field already is garbage. So I'm just saying when it is it, soaked. That was a fantastic game to watch. I, I was flipping back and forth to it a little bit, and hey, that was that looked like it was fun. That's how football yeah. should be. Look, I agree. I, you know, my my favorite runs in college were like the the rainiest, soaking wet runs that there ever were. So, uh, you know, we had that one that we called the Salmonella run, where it was just this old sewer line that we would run down, and it would be like two feet deep. Those were the best runs ever. So I understand how those guys really enjoyed playing in the rain and the soggy field. Um, well, look, let's stay in division with the one team we haven't mentioned so far out of there, and that's uh, the Giants. Look, Daniel Jones, one-week wonder. I'm calling it. I'm done with him. You know, I, I'm sorry that we suggested him. We did really well on our uh, QB streamers last week with uh, Gardner Minshew, Jared Goff, and Josh Allen. All of them performed. The one exception would be Daniel Jones. And I don't know what happened because that Arizona defense, it's not like they all of a sudden got better. But he looked bad. And, you know, that's been a get-right game for a lot of people out there. And he just couldn't take advantage. Uh, he, he looks like a rookie out there. He's playing like a rookie. And the team is led by a rookie right now. So, But one guy who's not a rookie, and we've, we've joked about him earlier, Kirk Cousins. Man, all you got to do is yell at that guy. All you need to do is yell at him. I'd go in there every day as a coach and just start screaming at him. What are you doing? Give me, give me the ball. Throw it. Throw it. Next thing you know, he's bombing 300 yards plus every week. He's killing it, and they're rolling on both both sides of the ball. I mean, the defense wasn't that great, but the offense just was incredible this week. Uh, you know, it's it really can't do much but help. Now, the only thing is Adam Thielen's gone, but that does help Stephon Diggs. You know, we talked about potentially dropping him earlier in the year. Now he's a must-start uh, especially with the unexpected missed time. And then, you know, Cousins' good play, it's only going to get, you know, it's only going to help Dalvin Cook. Uh, there's nothing that, that, a good offense is good for a, for a running back. Don't you agree, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's RB2 right now in the league. So, you know, fantastic uh, overall for, you know, the, the Florida State product. And, and 142 yards and two touchdowns, uh, I, think, I think he's – He's gotten a hundred yards in pretty much every game. I think there might have been one game where he didn't get a hundred yards. And yeah, when they played when they played Philly, he had a tough game. And then you know that's yeah, one of those things where you look at that Philly defense and you go, they even stopped Dalvin Cook. And then of course Zeke rolls over him. But yeah, yeah. I mean. But if you're if you're, I, I'm I have Dalvin Cook in one league and and I'm re, I've been rewarded with you know time after time he's he's 24 plus you know. PPR points and um, and so I'm I'm happy with it and then he plays that he's he's on the short week you know playing the Redskins I'm 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 super stoked about that and so you know I, I'm excited about how Delvin Cook's going but let me talk let me ask you something about running backs hey so a lot of people out there are are they 
when you got the running back by committee issues, I think by this point in the season, a lot of teams have already kind of figured out who that guy is going to be for their team. Okay. Like the bears, you got Montgomery is kind of like the guy who's going to run the ball or Terry Cohen was wind up being out running back guy. So, you know, like I think by this point, a lot of people have figured out their running back by committee situation, but let me ask you about green Bay's running backs. I mean, who do you, who do you play? Who's the guy? Is it going to be Williams? Uh, I mean, where are we at right now with the, with, with Green Bay's running backs? You know, I don't know. I think you're looking at a full-blown committee, hot-hand approach, and that's not great for fantasy. You know, we've all had high hopes for, you know, Aaron Jones taking advantage of his situation when uh, uh, Williams was out. But then you got Williams coming back and uh, dominating last week. You know, Aaron Jones really he, he had a lot of touches this week. He goes uh, 12 carries for 50 yards and four catches for 33 and a touchdown. Didn't drop it this week, apparently, uh, which is good for him. And meanwhile, uh, Jamal Williams comes out three three carries, five yards. But he does have a nice little game through the air again. Four for 26, catches another touchdown just like last week. Um, I think that at this point, you just kind of got to roll, roll him out there. I prefer Aaron Jones over Jamal Williams, but it's not a wide gap. But either way, you just kind of roll them out there and hope they get the touchdown. That offense is humming right now. Um, look, maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to is going to keep on building on what he did this week because this week he was absurd. You know, five touchdowns, uh, passing, one rushing, goes over 400 yards. Uh, that's not a typical Aaron Rodgers game. He hasn't been known to throw a lot of touchdowns, but he, he doesn't go out there and throw 400, 500 yards often, but he hadn't been over 400 yards since 2017, so it's not like he does it all the time or anything. Um, but in the meantime, as long as that offense is moving the ball, I think the running backs have some value. Now, do I want either of them as my number one? Absolutely not. But they're both a good flex option, and I think that's what you're kind of left with, where you know either one of them could blow up on a given week, but counting on them to give you... 12, 15 points every week, that may not be realistic. So so this is a situation where I can't get some name value out of these guys uh, right now and and look to obviously not buy them or sell them. Like, talk to me about that. What do, you, what do you see? Are they in your buy? Are they in sell? Because, I mean, these guys are guys who at least uh, Jones got in the second round. So, yeah, look, yeah, Jer- Jones was a second or third rounder. Um, he still has some name cachet, but I just don't know that people are going to buy if if they're smart enough to look at the game log. Now, we all know that if you just pull up that ESPN page and you've got Aaron Jones pulled up, he is, in this standard league I'm looking at, the number four running back. So, you know, that could be one of those selling points where if they don't look at that game log and see that he did n- absolutely nothing two weeks ago or that he did absolutely nothing uh, in week one, or that he had some mediocre games in the middle of there where he scored some touchdowns but got no yards. If they don't look at those and they just look at those total points, you might be able to sell them because that that week five against Dallas, that buoyed his point total tremendously. Now, he's really basically had two excellent games, one against Minnesota, one against Dallas. Other than that, he's been very touchdown dependent. And luckily, he's got touchdowns, so he's been usable for you, very serviceable. But, yeah, he's one of those I would definitely sell high if you can get anything for it. Let's get into those uh, buy lows and sell highs. Um, 
let's chase them down with Keenan Allen and uh, Melvin Gordon. I'm going to stick with the Chargers. I think there are better days ahead, but they are still on the struggle bus, and I just don't understand what they're doing over there. Um, you know, Keenan Allen actually had 11 targets, so I believe it was 11. I'm not even going to look it up right now. Uh, but I think he had 11 targets. So they went back to throwing him the ball a bunch. He just it wasn't effective. And then Melvin Gordon uh, gets the majority of the, t- of the carries again, but Eckler outshines him by uh, up through the receiving game and goes over 100 with a touchdown. Uh, you know, I think both of those guys have better days ahead. Clearly, Keenan Allen does. Uh, we all know about his ceiling. You know, the one, the question mark is really Melvin Gordon, and I think that there's an opportunity for you to buy low on him. Don't expect your typical top five running back because I don't think that's what he is anymore. But I, I would trade for him looking for a RB2 flex play. And honestly, I think you might be able to pair a couple players together and do that. You know, if I could move, and it's hard to say right now without looking it up, but if I could, if I could move Sony Michelle for him right now, and I think you could, uh, I would move Sony Michelle for for Melvin Gordon simply on the upside. Um, that's a guy, and he's he's balling out tonight, so that might be a, an opportunity for you. He's got a couple touchdowns already, so uh, sell high for me because when Rex Burkhead returns, uh, his role is going to diminish. Whereas we already know that Melvin Gordon is at least going to get a bunch of carries, and he's he's somewhat involved in the pass game. And then another uh, another one I want to look at to buy low is David Johnson. And you know basically this comes down to people are going to be jaded by what happened this week. You know they're going to be mad because they got two yards out of him on a carry, and then he goes to the bench, and they're just fed up. And people do this whole anger, panic, whatever you want to call it, selling. And this is the time you can capitalize. And then another one that uh, people are going to be upset about is Philip Lindsay from Thursday night, where Royce Freeman dominated the touches, got the touchdown. And in the meantime, Philip Lindsay just eh, whatever. He was out there, but he wasn't really effective. So uh, players that you can look to add to your roster that over the next few weeks can really help you out. Um, you know, we're going to get closer and closer to the trade deadline. And if you wait until that last week to send offers, it may be too late. So make sure you're being very active out there, looking to upgrade your roster, maybe doing some uh, little two-for-one trades, trying to trying to get that stud on your team. But always make moves. You know, we said buy low on DeAndre Hopkins, and there was definitely an opportunity to do that. And next thing you know, he goes out there and busts over, over 100 yards and a touchdown and looks like the DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins we expected. So, um, you know, there's opportunities. On the other end, selling high. Well, David Johnson's running mate. Chase Edmonds. That's a sell high to me. I don't expect him to have this role. And now he has carved himself out a decent fantasy football role, but I don't expect him to be the guy that's going to get 20 something carries, a few catches and dominate touches. Clearly, when David Johnson is healthy, he is going to be the lead back. Even when uh, even when Chase Edmonds was doing well the last couple weeks. Johnson went over 100 yards both games in total yards. So it's not like he's cutting into his work so much, uh, Chase Evans, that is. So you've got to look at these games and you got to go, okay, if I can get, if I can package Chase for with anything to get a major upgrade from a player that I know I can count on, then you do that. You know, you might be able to package, you might be able to trade Chase Evans straight up for Melvin Gordon right now. And that's the kind of silliness that can, that can win a championship for you. I, like again, don't expect you know 20 point per game to, uh, Melvin Gordon, 
But if you can get that 12 to 15 point game, that's more than you can expect out of Chase Edmonds. Jeff, uh, yeah, you know, you put a little note in here on the show sheet. So I want to hear what you think about Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I just the quick, quick note here is that um, I, I think if you're going to do it, this is the week to do it. All right. And the reason why is because they got the Saints next week and that that defense is nasty especially against the run. So, and they, they haven't gone up against scrubs. They've got up some pretty good name uh, running backs and there's, they're stopping them. So to me, I think right now, Chase Esmonds is, is the guy to, to sell uh, right now. And I think you could probably get something more than Gordon for him. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm not big on the Gordon thing with the Eckler. I just, I only because I just don't know. Um, I understand what you're saying with David Johnson, Phil Lindsay, but I just, I just don't feel good. I, I, I just don't know where the Chargers are right now. What identity do they have? You know, where was, where's the Chargers of last year or the first three weeks? You know, what is going on? You know, Philip Rivers has got to be scratching his head. I mean, no, it's I, tough. Think, so. I think it's, I think it's everybody else scratching their head because he's the quarterback. He's the one that's supposed to lead this offense. And they, I mean, even when he threw for a bunch of yards this week, it's not like they had end zone production. Um, look, again, like I said, Melvin Gordon is not the top five running back that we all expected him to be. But he does have value, especially in standard leagues where, you know, the catches don't count as much and you're looking for touchdowns and, you know, grinding out yards. There's something there. Another speaking of grinding out yards and touchdowns, Derrick Henry, he cannot keep this touchdown rate up. And if he doesn't, he's going to be next to worthless because he's not getting over 100 yards. He's not piling. He's not running for five and a half yards of carry. He's out there just, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing. And, you know, while that's great for the Tennessee Titans who just like to pound the ball and wear out a defense, it's not great for your fantasy football team in the long run. Um, you know, it's Better for that Tannehill is behind center for that offense, but I just don't think that you're going to get 15 touchdowns out of Derrick Henry. And at this point, at this rate, it seems like that's where he's headed, and I don't believe that's sustainable. Um, and then of course Marvin Jones, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, sell him. I mean, sell him on this big game. Sell him on the on, to the player to the person who doesn't who's not paying attention. And doesn't see that he's not getting targets. The same thing with MVS and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, MVS, he's not getting. He had two catches on three targets. Of course, they went for 133 yards and a touchdown. So that's really nice. Feels great. Um, but you know, Marvin Jones and MVS are not getting the kind of uh, targets that you'd really want from a reliable receiver. So. Valdez Scanling and Marvin Jones are sells to me. And then I just said a second ago, Aaron Rodgers. He's got some name value. I don't know that I believe that this is going to be him for the rest of the season. I think that this is kind of one of those outlier games where they were pushed a little bit, had to keep throwing the ball, and he just had one of those magical days. Um, Jeff, are you, are you interested in selling these guys, or are you holding them? What do you got? When I think of Derrick Henry, um, one running back comes to mind is like LeGarrette Blunt and how he was used. It's like – you know, just a touchdown machine, but then when it comes to yardage, he wasn't there, right? So, but let me tell you, I think with Tannehill back there, people are going to stop stacking the box against, 
you know, Mariota and Henry, and then knowing that they got to go out a little bit, spread out a little bit, to, and that may open it up. So I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm watching this as it moves forward to see how that goes. Um, I already said, hey, it's, it's hard for me to say sell high on my varsity player, um, but I, I do think <laughs> that right. it they got the Giants this week, so maybe that is why you're selling high on him. Um, I say it like this, but you, when you got Marv, uh, when you got MVS, definitely sell high. That dude, that dude is needs just one big play to score big fancy points. Uh, but therein lies also the problem. He may only get one play. So it's like you know, it's like what are you gonna get? So yeah, I'm good selling him. And then especially using Rogers' superb Sunday, uh, you know, the perfect Sunday as they call it. Uh, I don't know how you could be perfect when you 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 didn't obviously you didn't have twenty twenty five of twenty five passing but i still ain't figured out how you got point three and you know whatever that's a, that's a conversation for that but look to me um yeah mbs is the guy that i'm selling high just because of what he's done and um yeah i think I, i'm good with those names i'm good with those names. Yeah. well here here's one that might throw you off then and it's my last one on the list it's nick chubb and you know it's coming off a of bias it's kind of hard to sell uh i'm not saying selling this week but uh Look, Kareem Hunt return is cleared to return to practice, and when he gets on the field, it's not like he's going to all of a sudden take over the role, but I could see him stealing eight or ten touches a game, and that's significant to a player that has been dominating touches. Um, look, you might try to get one game more out of Nick Chubb, squeeze squeeze a couple more out of him. So Kareem Hunt's going to be able to return just in a few weeks. Uh, November the 10th against the Bills is his uh, you know projected return date. You know, barring any crazy injury or anything. So that's something to keep an eye on because that's only just a few weeks away. Week 10 is right around the corner. And that's going to put a damper on what we're looking at for Nick Chubb as far as, you know, playoff production. And this is a time where if you've got a good team and if you've got Nick Nick Chubb, you might just have one of those teams that's, you know, five and two or six and one and you're looking toward the playoffs. This is one of those opportunities to, to upgrade your position with a player with good matchups. You know, kind of look at those schedules. It's it's a little early for me, especially with the way my teams are going. I'm still just fighting for playoff spots. But if I have one of those six and one teams, I'd be looking to to kind of shore up some of my playoffs uh, situations, knowing that I'm going to be there. And I don't know that you want to roll in with Nick Chubb as your RB one, not because he hasn't been great, but because his situation is going to tra- change drastically once Kareem Hunt returns. All right, so let's get into our waivers because this is the part of the show where we can help you out. We can uh, get you set up for the next week and for the weeks to come. So our first one is Chase Edmonds. And my gosh, guys, if you might not be able to get him at this point unless you just saved a waiver priority because he just blew up. He blew up like we've been telling you he was going to blow up. Jeff, did you get Chase Edmonds anywhere, or are you with the, the rest of these dopes that didn't believe us and then uh, – Left him out there, and now the first, just some random person is going to get him because of the waiver priority. Oh, I grabbed him, and uh, I tell you, uh, I was kind of like in the same situation you were uh, when I got him. I uh, I grabbed him, and I also grabbed uh, uh, Latavius Murray. Um, yeah. And and I was kind of like, well, I know Alvin Kamara is out. They ruled him out kind of early. I didn't know what they'd do with DJ, so I played Latavius. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not disappointed in that. You know, uh, Davis Murray played well. Um, you know, he didn't get all the, 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 the 
the big three touchdowns and everything else. But I mean, he played a really good game. So I got two players right now off the waiver wire that, that, you know, I had to start one and the other from a flex position and, and who knows going forward how that's going to play out. So I'm happy. I'm happy with the way, um, with, with Chase Esmond's, uh, pickup. Absolutely. And look, I'm going to say it one more time. And I know no one wants to talk about the dolphins, but, uh, Mark Walton is a pickup. He is, Here's a funny, and I'm going to pull this up, this tweet, while I talk. But uh, Mark Walton went out there and played another decent game. But there are rumors that Kenyon Drake is going to be uh, is going to be traded. And if he gets traded, that that's going to open the door for Walton and Kalen Balaj. Now, no one wants to talk about Kalen Balaj because all he is basically is a uh, goal line vulture. So whatever. But... I think Walton could be, you know, one of those week-to-week starters if he gets the opportunity. So Mark Walton is a grab for me. And then let's talk about a couple quarterbacks, uh, Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins. Um, both of those have had a really uh, – they're on their redemption tour. Matthew Stafford, from his disappointing 2018, has really turned around and gone back to what we have seen from him in the past, which is a, a perennial top-10 quarterback. And then Kirk Cousins with his redemption tour from the first three games to now, where he looks like he's, you know, an MVP caliber player with what he's doing with that offense and the way he's throwing the ball. Uh, Both of those guys are strong waiver pickups uh, going forward, Um, you know, even potentially every week starters with the way those offenses are moving. Jeff, are you interested in either of those quarterbacks in any leagues where you're just kind of streaming and and looking for something more solid. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I got Dak Prescott uh, hurting this week because he's on bye. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely trying to grab Matthew Stafford. Um, and you know, in most of the leagues that I'm in, Kirk Cousins is already gone. But uh, Matt Stafford is the guy I'm trying to pick up. So yeah, I, I, I definitely am this week. I think both of them are good, great pickups this week. Because of injury, there's going to be some players that we can look at. Um, it's particularly in uh, Detroit where you have carry on Johnson missing time. So JD McKissick and uh, Ty Johnson are both players that uh, are going to get lots of opportunity. They're both very good pass catchers. So if you're in a half point or full point PPR, they can be very beneficial for your team. Uh, McKissick actually showed some signs of life with the jets and I'm surprised they cut him when they did and moved on because it's not like they had a lot of depth, but I guess they knew they were just going to give everything to Lev Bell. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, McKissick has looked like a nice player. I don't know much about Ty Johnson. He's a rook. He, he's coming out there, but uh, his profile is really nice. You know, late round pick. So it's not like you're looking at a at a second rounder coming in and stealing that job. Uh, but I think you're in a timeshare with those guys. But again, it's bye weeks. There's some tough outs there. So uh, those guys could really help you out. And then now we're getting into players that are deep ads but can can be long-term, high upside players, or even just week-to-week, you know, bi-week fill-ins. Uh, Daryl Henderson, we've mentioned him before. Everyone knows that there's some, uh, you know, the cloudiness behind uh, what we were, we're looking at with Todd Gurley. And then Zach Pascal. Now, here's a guy, and he obviously blew up, and he's going to be kind of a hot waiver ad this week. I know some of you guys out there are listening, and have seen the kind of output he had with his two touchdowns um, and going over 100 yards. But uh, Pascal is one of those guys that uh, he's – look, Paris Campbell is injured. And as long as Paris Campbell is dealing with this abdominal injury, 
Uh, Zach Pascal is going to be on the field and he's going to be getting targets. Uh, he's had three out of the last four weeks. He's had really nice games, you know, over 50 yards and a touchdown in two of the three. So uh, nothing to sneeze at. Certainly it's your wide receiver three, four, you know, depending on how deep your league is, looking at a flex position kind of thing. So uh, that's a guy I would look to add. And then Devontae Parker, this is three games in a row with a touchdown. So uh, I, I'm interested simply because, you know, Fitzmagic is back there again, and he likes to sling the ball. So uh, Parker and Pascal are both guys that you can add if you've got Adam Thielen or Will Fuller and you need some substitutes. Uh, Jeff, you got anybody else that you're interested in grabbing outside of those guys? No, I think um, there's some interesting guy. There's some interesting plays out there. I talked about Latavius Murray earlier. I think um, you know if you can't get uh, Marvin Jones because he's pretty much gone in all the leagues, I would say that Danny Amendola wouldn't be a bad pickup. Um, he, you know, just because of the matchup that he's there, and then uh, you know he did go eight for 105. And and let's just say he would have got one of those four touchdowns that Jones got, then that right. he would have been he'd have been definitely the talk this week uh, a pickup um, because I mean he's already at you know would have been over 20, 20 fantasy points so I, I say say he's he's definitely one of the guys that you would want to pick up uh, as well. Yeah, that's fair, and you know to, just to touch on a couple others because uh, opportunity rules. Um, Kiki Kuti, we mentioned him earlier. Uh, Alex Erickson has been getting some work in Cincinnati, and it looks like we've got at least a couple more weeks without uh, AJ Green. And so there's some uh, there's some targets to be had out there. You know, Dalton's back to throwing the ball a bunch, and then uh, AJ Brown. You know, we didn't mention Corey Davis in this section. I don't know what his ownership is, but he's a guy that I would definitely add up there with the Edmonds, Mark Walton, Stafford Cousins section. Uh, you know, Corey Davis has definitely got some upside, but AJ Brown. I mean, look, Tannehill's going to go out there and throw 30, 35 times. There's definitely some targets to be had there. So uh, those three guys, none of them, you know, Kuti, Brown, Erickson, and even going back to Parker, Pascal, and Amendola, I wouldn't use a waiver priority on any of those guys, but I think they're worth adding, you know, come wake up the morning of the waivers and just go ahead and throw them on your roster, replacing that low upside guy that really had no business on your roster anyway. Uh, you know, maybe you can sell MVS in a two for one with somebody and then you open up a roster spot kind of thing. All right. Well, we're going to keep this thing going. Uh, we're going to move right on to these streamers because, you know, it's uh, week eight. It's uh, bye weeks, big time. You know, quarterbacks are going to be gone between injuries and bye weeks. So, you know, we mentioned Cousins and Stafford. Cousins against the Redskins and Stafford against the Giants. Those are two just delicious matchups. You know, Give me a bowl of ice cream and sit me down because that right there, it looks sweet. Uh, Jeff, I know you you talked about Stafford a second ago. If you can't get Stafford, are you interested in Cousins, even if he's, I mean, if he's available in any of your leagues? Yeah, I was just saying that, uh, you, know, you know, I'm trying to grab Stafford in a couple of my leagues um, simply because Cousins is not available. But you know, look at their matchups. You got the Redskins and the Giants for both of those two guys, respectively. I think they are great matchups. Um, to me, I would say let me add one more out there to you on this one. I think Jacoby Brissett playing the Broncos. I think that's a great pickup uh, as well. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's a, he's he's less than thirty four league thirty four percent of the leagues out there have him. Um, so, you know, and then when he's at home, like that's that's a big place too. So he plays. He's throwing for for nine touchdowns in his home home games and and that's 
that's that's one of the points just to call out. So he's obviously doing better there in the in the dome, and um, and then overall, you know, he he's been outstanding since you know he he's basically made you know if there's one thing you got to say to a a a guy when he's coming in to take over Andrew Luck is go out there and make him forget Andrew Luck's name. And I think we've kind of that's kind of happened here. I think yeah, you know it's it's a uh, Andrew. No, no, dad joke. I'm, I'm going with it. Man. No, Here. didn't get that. Yep. No. <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would say definitely, uh, definitely look at that. So I mean, I, I think there's some, I, you know, I, I would, I'm gonna throw one more out there for you because I'm watching Monday Night Football right now, and I'm gonna tell you, why not play Gardner Minshew? I mean, he's playing the Jets, so you know, it's just a thought. Um, I know the Jets are good for me. Uh, I'm gonna throw it out there just only because I'm watching the game right now, and I know that they got them next week, and it's like, why not? Hey, all I know is don't play whoever is playing the Patriots. That's all I know. If you got a quarterback out there and he's playing the Patriots, don't even think about it. They've only allowed one passing touchdown, and they're making Darnold look like you know he's back in the seventh grade. You know, he just tapped one out of the back of the end zone for a safety, uh, scared to death back there after a bad snap. So yeah, I'm sitting but here watching the same thing. Wrong. There's nothing wrong with Darnold until he decides to butt fumble. And at that point, I don't think that the, the, uh, the Jets can handle another butt fumble situation. So let's, not, let's hope that those fans don't have to go through that again. I don't even know if I know a single Jets fan. And maybe that's a product of them just being the Jets. and Or maybe it's a product of being in Mississippi. But either way, yeah, I know some Buffalo Bills fans. I know lots of Jets fans up in the D.C. area. Yes. They, yeah. There's, they're there. They're there. They, they're not Mississippi. They don't want to come south. I understand. Look, I, I, do, I do have one more streamer for you, and it's Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr's actually been pretty solid this year, uh, coming off a nice game against the Packers. Um, and the Texans' pass defense is nothing at all. I mean, they're, they're susceptible to the pass. I think they're going to have to throw a lot to keep up. And so Derek Carr is one of those volume plays for me. I don't care if he throws two or three. T- uh, excuse me. I don't care if he throws two or three interceptions, as long as he gets the ball into the Walrus's hands and they get the job done out there. Um, I think I'm hoping that Tyrell Williams comes back pretty soon. But in the meantime, it's been a pretty good little show out there with uh, Darren Waller. So I think we got to play the tape on this one because I feel like you were like a flip-flopper on the Raiders, man. Like, I, I could have swore just a couple weeks ago, you're like, nope, I'll never play Derek Carr. There's no way. And now I hear you say, yeah, I think he's just look, playing for the game. So, I don't I know. Might, I we might, had to play look, the same. We had to play the same. Hey, I'm, I might have said that same thing. I might have said that. Because let me tell you something. A few weeks ago, Derek Carr looked like garbage. But then he's put he strung together a nice little set of games. And I'm going to pull it up real quick. My my app is a little slow right now. But let's see here. Carr. All right, so he gets 19 this week in this league. Uh, okay, against Chicago, he was no good. But then, you know, against Indy, he goes 189 and two touchdowns. Against Minnesota, he had 242 and two. So it might have been after that KC game where I think I pimped him, and then he goes out there and throws a 198 and one. But he's got uh, six touchdowns, uh, two touchdowns in three of his last four games. So, you know, it's kind of matchup dependent. Chicago is actually a tough matchup for quarterbacks. They've been getting torched by running backs left and right. Latavius Murray, for example. 
But they've been really nice against quarterbacks. Now, I know Bridgewater had some nice throws and nice plays this week. Uh, I don't know that they're the same defense, Chicago, but they definitely were playing better earlier in the season. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's a matchup thing. Houston is very weak. They've given they've given up lots of yards and touchdowns to quarterbacks. So, uh, But, look, I want to move on to tight ends. Uh, we had a really nice week last week with quarterbacks, but our, our tight ends were – you know, it was kind of hit or miss. We we suggested Hunter Henry, of course, and Rhett Ellison. And we said if Ingram is out. Well, it didn't matter because Rhett got his touchdown regardless. You know, Ingram gets poked in the eye. Between him and Breida, I mean, they're they're practically blind at this point. I don't know how people's fingers keep getting inside of uh, face masks, but that's how it goes. Uh, so let's try to do uh, replicate our success. You know, Dawson Knox wasn't a great hit for us last week. But, you know, it's one of those got to score a touchdown in, in this league as a tight end. So... Uh, we're going back to the well with Darren Fells. Um, down week last week, but overall he's had a consistent last few games. Um, he's playing the Raiders, and that's a nice matchup. And then uh, Kyle Rudolph. And I would not normally suggest Kyle Rudolph because I may be the biggest Kyle Rudolph hater in the world. But Adam Thielen's out, which means that and they are a concentrated target offense. So that all that means is that you're going to have situ- a situation where – Stefan Diggs is getting a ton of targets. But who's next? You know, is it going to be Laquan Treadwell? No, it's of course not. So someone's got to step up. You know, they're going to throw it to the running back a little bit, but I think Kyle Rudolph is going to absorb some of those targets that might normally go to Adam Thielen, who runs all those crossing routes, and now you got a big six foot six guy. So, uh, Jeff, are you interested in either of those? Yeah, so I'm I'm with Rudolph here uh, because I believe he's in like available in 80% of the leagues and. To me, I think he's the guy as far as the tight end. I think he had a very, very slow start. We're kind of wondering where he kind of disappeared. Uh, but, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm a little worried about, you know, I haven't heard Ru- Rudolph screaming, throw me the ball. So I don't know that he's going to catch the ball that much. Because it sounds <laughs> like that's the recipe in Minnesota. But, I mean, with all the with all the weapons they have there right now. Yeah, so, if Kyle Rudolph comes out there and starts screaming at practice, he's a must start. Throw him in your DraftKings lineups. Put your number one waiver priority out there. Grab Kyle Rudolph because he starts yelling at Kirk Cousins. You know he's about to catch two touchdowns and go for 90 yards. You know, have about eight catches, that kind of game. You know, hey, look, feed, feed me, feed me, feed me. That's all I want to go out there. I, I know that the precedent set. If I'm anybody on the uh, Vikings offense right now, I'm just going out there yelling, just yelling. And then, hey, look, we have one more, and it's Jonu Smith against Tampa Bay. You know, they're going to end up being thrown against Tampa Bay. Is Their run defense is stout, but their pass defense, once again, terrible. So, And it's one of those funnel defenses where you look at a situation, uh, def- or offenses come in, and they target the, the, the positions – that aren't necessarily as strong and aren't necessarily as strong is a really, really nice way to put that Tampa Bay secondary uh, and linebacker core. So uh, attack them with Johnny Smith, you know, hopefully you get that touchdown and you, you strike pay dirt on that. So once again, it's all about those bye weeks and, and injuries and whatnot. And then at um, defense, you know, I don't know if you got a chance to grab the Steelers, before the bye, because a lot of people dropped them. But the Steelers versus Miami, that's, you know, a golden matchup. Uh, the Steelers or Steelers defense is playing excellent. And, oh, there goes Darnold throwing another in zone to, uh, interception. Way to go, guys. 
Uh, I just can't help but be distracted by this incredible game tonight. Uh, you know, if you've got the New England defense, speaking of streamers, you just stream them all year. Uh, but then uh, another one, and this all goes down to uh, injuries, and it's the Seahawks versus the Falcons. And I'm I'm, set, I'm setting them on this list in case, and I'm pretty sure that Matt Ryan is not going to play. He's got an ankle sprain. He was in a boot after the game. If it's Matt Schaub out there, fire up that Seahawks defense, even though it's not very good, and get you some sacks because that offensive line isn't very good, and Matt Schaub likes to hold the ball. He's going to end up turning the ball over several times. You might even get a pick six or, you know, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Jeff, I know you just take you just take so much joy in seeing the Falcons on here as a stream against for your for a defense, eh? Yeah. Anytime I see the Dirty Birds uh, come into town, stream, stream, stream. You know, I, I would say this: um, the Seahawks. It's surprising that they're on this list. Some of you might be saying, you know, one sack. And 18 points against uh, equals one fantasy point. It was a rough day trying to corral Jackson. You know, with Atlanta coming to town, I'd say it's a great week to stream this defense. And if I was Atlanta and I just saw what happened, and I'd be out there signing Michael Vick. That's all I got to say. Right. Yeah. Can, hey, can uh, the Falcons sign Colin Kaepernick? He can run. So. Uh, but, uh, hey, we got. Well, I got one more on here, and it simply comes down to Joe Flacco. Yeah, Joe Flacco's terrible. He couldn't take advantage of a Chiefs defense uh, that was on the ropes with Patrick Mahomes going down early. And instead of being able to carry that team, he just went out there and choked it away, held the ball way too long. I think the Chiefs had something like 10 sacks. I, I don't even remember. Uh, it was so long ago, but, uh, you know, all of last Thursday. But after a full full Sunday slate, just trying to remember what happened on Thursday is bad enough. But I do know that he looked bad. And, you know, he has most of his career. So the Colts defense, fire them up, fire them up, fire them up, because they're going to they're an underrated defense and they're going to get pressure on that quarterback. All right. So, look, I want to I want to touch on one big thing for you guys. And I saw it out here. It's it's a tweet from Scott Bear. And we're going to wrap up the show with this right here. And it's for all of you people out there that have some stud team you don't expect to lose with. I've got one of those. And let me just give you two lineups. All right. All right, Team A, you got Matt Ryan, who's been lighting it up. You got David Johnson, Carryon Johnson, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, and Evan Ingram. You're thinking, oh, I got a pretty good lineup there. And then you roll out and you get 16.8 points in a PPR league between those starters. That's Matt Ryan, David Johnson, Carryon Johnson, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, and Evan Ingram. Less than 17 points. Maybe you play on the other side, Team B, Jacoby Brissett. Chase Edmonds, Latavius Murray, Marvin Jones, Zach Pascal, and Rhett Ellison. And you know what you got from that team? 177.8 points. Look, fantasy is a fickle game, guys, so don't get discouraged by one week because you just don't know what's going to happen. I had a guy who swore all week he was going to lose. He was just We message all the time, and he's like, I just can't win. I've got all my guys on by injured etc and he goes out there and wins so you know keep on trucking and you know if you're if you're one in five or one going into one and six that doesn't mean you're out of it i won a league a few years ago started straight up zero and five and ended up rolling through the rest of the season so it is possible get in the playoffs and then get it done hey so um to to justice point earlier i think team b listened to our our uh, fantasy podcast 
Uh, just want to point that out because uh, <laughs> um, obviously Justin Denton and he was team A. So uh, so team B, hey, keep listening because uh, whatever you're doing is obviously winning. So. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I still want my studs, Dadgummit. I still want my studs. But Jeff, why don't you uh, get us out of here? Tell us where they can find the show and uh, all that. Hey, so I appreciate you guys listening uh, this week. Uh, you know, it is it is kind of depressing watching uh, Monday Night Football, uh, and I'm pretty sure the game was over uh, before the second quarter began. But uh, doing this on Monday nights gets us an opportunity to get some of those waiver wires in, especially right now. You need to be looking at your waiver wires, and if I could, if I could just drop one thing. Hey, look at if you're in the playoff hunt right now, and you think you're right there, start looking at those last seasons. Find out number one when your playoffs are. Some people have playoffs weeks 15, 16, you know, 17. One, some have starting 14. So be aware of that. Look at what it is for you. Double check your leagues. Also, start to see, hey, maybe where my matchups could be. And then maybe if you got some of those guys you haven't started all year long, then, and, but you see some good matchups coming down, maybe that's what you're using your waiver wire for right now to see those good playoff uh, opportunities down the, because that right there is going to win you the money at the end of the day. So with that being said, and you catch us uh, with everything that we're saying at the rundown FF pod and, uh, and hit us up, tell us how we're doing, tell us what you don't like uh, and keep listening here. So uh, we can help you win this season. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And uh, look, remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is search for The Rundown FF Pod. You can find us on Stitcher, Google, Podbean, uh, pretty much anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. So remember, be sure to hit that subscribe button, uh, rate and review, because we want to hear those. Look, guys, we're looking for our first review. Who's going to be the first to review our podcast? I know we got some listeners out there. I see those downloads every week. So just take a few minutes. Let's hear from you. Um, look, I've got to get off because I've got another podcast to record. A little, I'm subbing in for another show, and uh, if you want to link to that podcast, you can look at our Twitter. I'm going to post a link to that tomorrow after uh, after my buddy posts it. And that'll be a little quick hitter, a little short one. But this is the show you want to you want to listen to. Uh, so just keep on plugging in. Uh, this is the one where we talk about things that can help you go forward, uh, changing your team, uh, making your team better from week to week. Remember. Chase Edmonds, we've been saying it all year, and we've got some others on there. We've been saying all year, so keep following our advice, and let's get some W's, man. So anyways, once again, thanks for listening, and remember, together, we run this. We'll catch you next week. Bye.